or about chapter 18, 19, somewhere in that range. Uh, the church is, is, is gone. The church has been taken out of the world. And what happens at the opening of Revelation chapter 4, verse 1, is uh, symbolic of what will happen to us one day when the voice of the archangel, the trump of God sounds, and suddenly the church is gone. And all that's left are people that are unbelievers. So we pick up our study this evening going to heaven. So we're going to go to heaven. Y'all ready to go to heaven? (laughs) Let's go to heaven for a minute, and let's talk a little bit about where Jesus is for these next 15 or 20 minutes, okay? Chapter 4, verse 1. After these things, John writes, I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. Now, you remember, he's on the Isle of Patmos. He's in this cave. He's receiving this revelation that's been given to him by the angel through Jesus Christ from the Father. And uh, he looks, and uh, he's able to see a door. It's not the first time we've seen a door, is it? And we saw a door opened uh, in one of the churches. The Lord says there's a door open that no man can shut. We saw a door in the church at Laodicea. The Lord Jesus is on the outside knocking on a door. But here is John in this cave, and God's about to give him a vision of something that he's never seen before. And the first thing he sees is a door that he's got to go through. I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet. What will sound at the, ra- at the uh, rapture of the church? The voice of the archangel and the, the trump of God, the trumpet of God. So here we got uh, the very symbol of what's going to happen at the rapture. Heard was like the tr- a trumpet speaking with me, saying, this is the trumpet that speaks, come up here and I will show you things which must take place after this. And we come to the third point of the outline. We saw it in chapter 1, the outline of the book. Now we come to the third point of the outline. From this point forward, he's going to show you things that are after this. There were things that were, things, you know, the churches that are right now, but now he's going to look to the future. You're going to see the things that are coming. Um, He's going to show him a plan for the end times. Everybody wants to know what's going to happen in the end. Do you want to know what's going to happen? Well, you obviously want to know. You wouldn't be here. Everybody wants to know what's going to happen in the end. How has this all come to a conclusion? How how is this all resolved? How will God bring justice uh, to this earth? How will his kingdom come to this earth? And the answer, uh, the response is that Revelation is going to give us that from chapter 4 to the end of this book. So he's called called up through this door to see things that he's never seen before. Uh, And he's asked to come up here. Verse 2, he says, immediately. I mean, there's no, there's no delay. Instantaneously, I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne set in heaven, and one set on the throne. Now, he's in the Spirit. In a moment, we're going to talk about this. How did he go to heaven? Did he physically leave the cave and go into, you know, through this door into the throne room of the Almighty God? Was his understanding opened so that he could simply see something that was in heaven that he couldn't see, though his body and his mind and his spirit was still here? Or was there some sense in which God called the spirit and the soul of John out, and John was transported, not his body, but his soul and spirit was transported somehow into the very presence of the Almighty God through that door? We'll we'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment, but he's called up, the spirit, uh, in the spirit. He's caught up in the spirit 
to see things that are set in heaven, and he sees the throne of the Almighty God. That's, that's, a, that's a great thing. The Lord is on the throne. You believe that? The Lord is on the throne. He rules and reigns. And supernaturally, he's seeing something that all of us will see one day. Verse 3, and he, he who sat there was like a jasper and a sardius stone in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne in appearance like an emerald. Do you see it? Like an emerald. Now, what's interesting here, and I want to stop for a moment. He says that the one that was sitting there was like a jasper. He was like a sardius stone. Um, he's not talking about the hardness of the stone. He's talking about the color of the stone. And we, we know from Revelation 21, 11, that jasper is a clear color. This particular jasper is a clear color. Uh, we know that uh, the sardius stone is a reddish in color uh, stone. And then, of course, um, the rainbow has the multiple colors as you think of the rainbow. But this, this rainbow doesn't have you know, one end over here and one end over there. You can't ever find those ends, but you know what I'm talking about. This, this rainbow goes completely around the throne of the one who's sitting there. And I, and I want to stop here for a moment because for a long time in my life, when I thought about heaven, where I thought about my family are, where I thought about a lot of our church family are, I thought of it sort of like a Russian city. I've never been to Russia but it's just the way in my mind I think of a Russian city that's drab and colorless. You know, just, y'all know what I'm talking about? Sort of drab and colorless and sort of, uh, you know, vanilla kind of thing. And there's no, there's no interesting colors to it. But then I began studying the Revelation. I began to realize, you know what? Heaven is going to be a colorful place. Can you imagine uh, the, the light of Jesus, who is the light of heaven, and uh, his light reflecting off of the different colors that we'll talk about as we go through the rest of the revelation that are in heaven so that our loved ones are in a place of incredible beauty, incredible color. You know, when we put this carpet down and padded these pews, this was the color. I mean, this was the color. I mean, every church put this color down. 22 years later, not so much. You know what I mean? Not so much, but now look where all that carpet is. It's under every pew all the way from wall to wall, from front to back. Can you imagine replacing that? I hope I'm dead before I have to do that. Um, you know, you, now I can see this color. And, oh, I guess I'd like to have some new colors. I'd like to have some fresh colors. When you get to heaven, you're going to have all these beautiful colors. And the rainbow that goes around, what was the rainbow about in the Old Testament? The rainbow was that God would never send a flood that destroyed all of life on the earth. It didn't say he wouldn't ever send a local flood. He would never send a worldwide flood again. And that rainbow is a reminder of the promises of God. And the promises of God aren't from this point to this point. The promises of God are complete they have, no, they have no beginning and they have no ending. They go around the throne because when God makes a promise, God keeps a promise. Isn't that great news? You say, how do I know that I'm going to heaven? Because God promised you. If you believed in Jesus, you have eternal life, and he promised you a home in heaven. How do you know he's going to keep that? Well, they've got this rainbow that goes all the way around. That rainbow is about the promises of God, and God's promises are incontrovertible. They're, they're, they're irreversible. Uh, God keeps his promises. So you, you're in the throne room of the Almighty. The one who is sitting there has this color all about him. Notice verse 4. 
Around the throne were 24 thrones, and on the thrones I saw 24 elders sitting, clothed in white robes, and they had crowns of gold on their heads. Now, so who in the world are the 24 thrones? Well, the only way you can know who the 24 thrones are is if I tell you. That's not true. That's not true. The only way you can know who, the 20, who are on these 24 thrones is by the description of them. For instance, it says they are, uh, they are dressed in white robes, these robes that they have on, white robes. Who is it that gets the white robes of righteousness? It's everyone who believes in Jesus. And what do they have on their heads? They have crowns on their head. Uh, this particular word for crown is not the word diadem, the kind of crown that a, that a ruler would wear. This is the word for the kind of crowns that are awarded to believers. I've told you there's five crowns that Jesus gives. Uh, You'll stand at the judgment seat of Christ and your works will be judged and there are at least five crowns that he gives. And we, we know who these people are as well by the crowns that they have on their heads. We know by the robes that they're wearing. They're sitting on these thrones and their garments are white because we've been washed in the blood of Jesus. Um... There's 24 of them. Uh, 24 is a significant number, especially to the Jews. The, the priestly line of the nation of Israel had grown to such a number that they couldn't all serve at one time. And so they were divided up into 24 courses. And so a course would serve at different times. You know, you're on a rotating schedule. And you're supposed to serve now, and then you're off, and this other course comes, and they serve. And you got to stop and remember how much is going on at the temple. I mean, you got all these people coming for worship, bringing all these different sacrifices. Somebody's got to inspect the sacrifices. Somebody has to prepare the sacrifices. And then the sacrifices obviously have to be made. There's a lot of things. There's choirs that are singing uh, at the temple, there's, there's lights that have to be kept lit. There's all kinds of things that are going on that uh, either the priests or the Levites were doing around the temple. And these 24 elders uh, are reminiscent of the priests of the Old Testament that were divided into these 24 groups that served on a rotating basis uh, because of all the work that had to be done. Well, what does the scripture say about you and I? We are a, a kingdom and we are priests. We are kings and we are what? Priests. And so from the description, what he's telling us about these 24 elders, what he's telling us about is something that represents you and I, the church. I mean, we can have these crowns. We're dressed in the white robes uh, that are given to us, uh, the robes of righteousness given to us by Christ. Um, We are a priesthood of believers uh, aren't you thankful you don't have to come confess your sins to me, that you have access directly into the presence of God? Well, I'm, I'm thankful whether you are or not. I'm, I'm thankful. I don't really want you knowing all my sins. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I, here we are, priests. And so from their description, we come to the conclusion that these 24 people that are sitting around the throne of God who are seeing all of this brilliant color and are seeing this rainbow that surrounds, that these are representative of all of us who are a part of the church age, all of us who are believers in Jesus. Verse 5, and from the throne proceeded lightnings, thunderings, and voices. By the way, anytime you see those together, lightnings, thunderings, and voices, you see it 
on a several occasions, Romans, excuse me, Revelation 8, 5, Revelation 11, 19, Revelation 16, 18. Every time you see that, it's, those things always accompany divine pronouncements. I mean, God is speaking. Listen up. And so from the throne proceed lightnings and thunderings and voices because God is speaking. And there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. We've talked about the seven spirits of God before. That's representative of the Holy Spirit and the sevenfold uh, description that's given to us in the Old Testament about the Spirit. So you're getting a picture of what's, are you getting the picture of what's here? Verse 6, before the throne there was a sea of glass. I love the word sea. I thought there wasn't going to be any sea or any ocean, but there's going to be at least one. Right out before the throne of Jesus, there's a sea of glass like crystal. Uh, do they still give crystal at weddings? Is that still a thing? They what? It can be. Okay. It used to be that everybody, you know, we got married, you got crystal. Or you bought crystal. You wanted crystal. How many of you have crystal at your house? Crystal is like what diamonds are to us today. To them, crystal is like what diamonds are to us today. You ladies uh, value your diamonds? Well, I mean, you know, that one little split speck that you got. That, I mean, do y'all value the diamonds? I, the man left this morning. Uh, they're visiting the church, and uh, he and his uh, fiance visiting the church. And I didn't know they were engaged, and they told me they were engaged. I said, let me see that thing. And, I mean, that thing was huge. I mean, that thing, you know, what bank did you rob to get that? <laughs> That's what crystal was like. This sea of glass that's like crystal. And in the midst of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures full of eyes in front and back. These four living creatures are going to get further descriptions here in a few minutes. But the eyes in front and back, they're constantly vigilant. In a moment, you'll see they have wings, and so they're flying around the throne, constantly vigilant. They're waiting on, on the one on the throne to tell them what to do. They're ready and obedient to him. They're, they're, they're always watching. Verse 7, the first living creature was like a lion. The second uh, living creature like a calf. See these words, like a lion, like a calf. The third living creature had a face like a man. And the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. I mean, if an angel showed up today, would you have trouble describing that angel? No, not at all. You'd just describe your pastor. You'd know exactly how to do that. <laughs> not at all. Maybe a fallen angel. If you saw an angel like John is seeing, you'd have trouble. I mean, have you ever seen a creature that has wings flying, that has eyes all around so that he's constantly watchful, that has these different faces, these different four different uh, creatures that have these four different faces? Uh, you know, these different faces are representative of the four Gospels, if you will, that portray Christ in distinctive, his distinctive roles. Um, the lion represents his power and his omnipotence. The calf typifies his patience uh, in his faithful labor. The face of a man displays his intelligence and omniscience, and the eagle exhibits his sovereignty and dominion. And John's seeing this. How do, I, how do I put this into words? How do I describe this? Well, it's like this and it's like that 
it's something I've never seen before. It's beyond my ability to fully comprehend. I'm just seeing it, and I'm trying to tell you what it is I'm seeing. I'm writing it down. I'm trying to make sure that I get it down. Verses 8 to 10, and the four living creatures each have six wings. So they're flying. We're full of eyes around and within. They're vigilant. They do not rest day or night saying, holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty who was. Here's here's his eternality. Who was and is and is to come. What do these angelic creatures say? These creatures that are like the seraphim or like the cherubim that we read about. What are they saying? Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Do you know the one quality of God that most sets him apart from man more than any other quality? It is his holiness. He is holy, holy, holy. The Lord God Almighty. He goes on, whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who are the ones that are watching this, that are on the 24 thrones, got the white robes on, got the crowns that they've earned, um, that are a part of the, the 24. Who are these? These are the church age saints, representative of all the church age saints. And notice what happens. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor, what are they saying? Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. And they say it over and over and over and over again. Some of you say, well, I don't like songs that say the same thing over and over. You're not going to like the throne room then. Because they keep saying it over and over and over. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, there's his eternality. He lives forever and ever. The 24 elders, remember they've been divided like priests. The 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. There's his eternality. What do they do? They cast their crowns before the throne. They take their crown and they say, you alone are worthy. Do Do you get the picture of worship? Do you get the picture that's going on? You've got the reminder of the promises of God that never go away. You've got this brilliantly beautiful uh, colors. They've got these brilliantly beautiful colors that are everywhere. You've got the crystal sea that's like, you've got the, uh, cl- the sea that's like crystal out in front of him. You've got the one who's sitting on the throne. You've got the 24 elders that represent you and me because we're priests unto God, dressed in the righteousness of Jesus. And when the angelic creatures begin to sing hallelujah. They don't sing, they say, holy, holy, holy. No place does the Bible ever say that angels sing. But they say, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. What, what do the people in those thrones, those 24 thrones do? They fall on their faces and they take their thrones, their crowns from their head and they cast them at the feet of Jesus because nobody else is worthy of worship or honor or power or glory other than Jesus. Don't you think we ought to go ahead and practice for that? Verse 11, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. And why is he worthy? For you created all things, and by your will they exist. 
They did not evolve into what they are. He created them, and by his power they exist. Do you know what would happen? Colossians says that if the Lord was not sustaining this earth, it would fall apart. I mean, everything would fall apart. It is by his uh, very power that, he con- that everything consists. The word means to hold together in Colossians. Everything is held together by his power. And when you see the power of this one, what do the, uh, what do the, uh, the uh, 24 that represent you and me, what do they do? They fall on their faces and they give worship to Jesus. Wow. You say, what are you going to do when you get to heaven first thing? Well, there's a song that says, uh, you know, I imagine that when I get to heaven, I might dance before Jesus, and I might this and that and the other. And I think you might dance at some point, but I think the first thing you're going to do is you're going to fall on your face. And you're going to say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for making it possible for me to have uh, a presence in heaven for all of eternity. You got loved ones that have passed? Hey, They're not in a Russian city somewhere, drab and dull, you know. Maybe I should say like Egypt or someplace like that, you know, where you you think of the desert. Um, They're not in that kind of a place. They're in a place of brilliant beauty. Color is everywhere. I I don't like, I like things colorful, don't you? I I like colors to be right. I like colors to match. I like colors, you know, that are, that are pretty, but I love things that are colorful. Um, when we, we built this building, they wanted to put in half as many lights as we have. I said, nothing doing. I want to be able to turn the lights up and we can be as bright as we want to be. Okay, so you want to be in the dark. <laughs> That's okay. Jesus answers that. Men love darkness because their deeds are evil. There you go. Yeah. That's why you love darkness. I don't love darkness. I love light. I like the sunshine. I want to be in the sunshine. If I could just get sunshine and I could black out my windows, go to sleep for a little while and then open them and got the sunshine still going, I'm happy. I'm good. By the way, the days are getting shorter. And I'm getting more depressed by the day. <laughs> I think I have that seasonal thing going on. And so in the throne room is where we are. Next week we'll pick it up. And uh, we'll talk about chapter 5 as we move. And then you're going to see... A scroll, and that scroll is going to be unfurled, and uh, the judgments of God are going to begin.